are now listening to Digital Doorways, where our audience learns from our expert guests as we explore their experiences with branding, transformation, and change. Unlock the digital doorways and embark on a journey of knowledge and growth. Now here is our host, Blue Text founder, Jason Siegel. Step through the digital doorways with us as we embark on a transformative journey in our upcoming podcast episode. Meet Stefano Marzano, also known as Chef Steph, the visionary entrepreneur and CEO of Mighty Meals, a groundbreaking meal delivery company redefining the way CEOs use branding and positioning to navigate change. Mighty Meals, under Steph's leadership, has become a force to be reckoned with in the industry. From direct-to-consumer marketing to a versatile culinary business model, boasting three substantial revenue streams across B2C, B2B, and B2G markets, they are revolutionizing the game. With the impressive capacity to provide 12 million meals per year, they've left their mark from Richmond to Arlington, Virginia, and from Washington, D.C. to Baltimore. And the excitement doesn't stop there. They have ambitious plans to expand into the bustling regions of Philadelphia and get this, the Big Apple, New York in January 2024. But what truly sets this episode apart is Steph's remarkable journey. He's gone from a multi-generational chef to strategically leveraging his client base, resulting in an inspiring success story. Steph's innovations in brand delivery and marketing are captivating as his unwavering commitment to high growth and quality in the food business shines through his leadership at Mighty Meals. Prepare to be inspired, informed, and enlightened as we unravel Stefano Marzano's story and delve into the dynamic world of Mighty Meals, a company that doesn't just embrace change, it thrives on it. This is Digital Doorways, where change meets visionary leadership and possibilities are endless. Thanks for joining us on Digital Doorways, Steph. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Jason. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Let's jump right into it. At at Digital Doorways, we really focus on change and how executives use branding and positioning to navigate change. And you've gone through a lot of exciting change in your early career. What has inspired you to transition or change from a career in culinary arts to co-founding this exciting brand, Mighty Meals. Yeah, I started um, actually in food and beverage in the restaurant industry, and it was exciting. It was fun, but I always had a passion for fitness and and wellness as well. So, I mean, I did a couple bodybuilding competitions at an early age, and people would ask me, you know, oh, will you you make this for me, or that looks good? How do you do that? And then um, I uh, start – we – we turned it into a business and here we are eight years later in our new facility. It's just, it's been an exciting and wild ride all at the same time. Excellent. It's been awesome watching this journey from the sideline and eating this amazing food. You know, when you're in the food industry, safety is really important piece. People need to trust the brand and know that they are getting a very uh, safe product. And in the food industry, The competitive meal delivery market specifically, which is where Mighty Meals really competes, what strategies do you employ to establish Mighty Meals as a recognized and trusted brand? It's very simple, Jason. You can't cut 
corners when it comes to food. So it's always, we always go back to quality, 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 quality from our sourcing to the way we prep through our cold chain process and how we cook with our state of the art machinery. It goes back to, you know, food is such a, it's such a hard business to be in because not only is it perishable and time sensitive, but it's very diverse and opinionated on what one person may like compared to another. So at Mighty Meals, we really try to put a diverse menu. One thing we do run into, I'm sure other people in my space uh, run into this issue too, is menu fatigue. So we have over 150 SKUs on the menu that we rotate constantly. Breakfast, lunches, dinner, snacks. We're also getting into a dessert line and cold-pressed juices. Um, And I just, it, it goes back to quality. It's really that simple. Yep. Quality often wins and you've had remarkable success. Talk to us a little bit about what are some of the insights you've learned as you ventured in the direct to consumer business and what are the marketing strategies that you feel really contributed to Mighty Meals remarkable success? Yeah, sure. So at Mighty Meals, we take the product and service extremely serious. Um, We don't cut corners. We're very serious on that. On the marketing and branding side, we're a little more playful and lighthearted and really try to get personal. You know, unlike a restaurant where you have a beautiful storefront where a client can walk in and really see the type of atmosphere you're trying to build, you know, we're an e-commerce brand. So my biggest strategy with my team was building a true brand identity with our clients and truly understand that they're a part of something more than just a meal prep company. They're part of a community. You know, we we donate meals weekly. We give back where we do a ton of community outreach and really just building, you know, more than just a company, a brand that people feel a part of and they're proud to eat and they feel good, you know, being a part of that brand. Yeah, to my whole audience, if anyone doesn't follow Mighty Meals, it's it's an awesome company, but there's also some great humor. There's been some hilarious uh, riffs on some of this Britney Spears uh, videos that are out there and they are really all over trends. So if you're trying to build your social media following, looking at how Mighty Meals leverages cultural trends has been quite fascinating. So as they've conquered B2C, um, you know, rumors are out that, uh, Steph, you're really going to be getting into both B2B and B2G sectors. What's kind of the goal you're looking at over the next two to four years of your balance of serving this current dominant space of direct-to-consumer but now moving into this large scale uh, business in business to business and business to government for Mighty Meals. Yeah, so we've been doing D2C for about eight years now, and I've seen the food trend of convenience, convenience, convenience. As you can see, just in the world of everything, nothing's slowing down. Everything is, is advancing, as, especially with AI and machine learning, is speed and convenience, speed and convenience. So I think there's a huge void of businesses and enterprise getting fed diverse, healthy menus. And I'm a big believer in food as medicine. Um, It's kind of very new in the world, but you know, what you put in your body is what you get out. So the B2B side, I'm really excited in, in the next 12 months. My main focus is to create some really good partnerships with companies out there to do their wellness plans and also be the main meal provider for a lot of businesses out there on the government side. We make prepared meals really well. We, we've been perfecting that for almost a decade now. And I'm really excited to get on the government side because I, I, there's a huge lack of 
what a prepared meal is. And people really think a prepared meal is just, you know, a lean cuisine or a cheap TV dinner, but it really doesn't need to be that. It can be, you know, this healthy, delicious, well-balanced meal. And I'm really looking forward to start building these relations on on the government sector. Excellent. I think it's going to do great things for the company overall because it's it'll be great for all the employees to see that you're not just for profit, but you're also for the mission of our country and helping people in border patrol and all these areas. So I think that's that's just really cool to see a business like yours fo- having a diversified focus and and giving back. And a lot has changed for Mighty Meals as I've watched over over the last few years. You had this very small uh, kitchen, but now you're in an impressive capacity in a new kitchen of 12 million meals per year. Again, Digital Doorways is all about change. What kind of logistical and operational change do you go through as you're scaling your operations to 12 million meals per year? Give us some insight there. Yeah, of course. I mean, so we came from 2,500 square feet. We actually started the company in my in my dad and sister's restaurant kitchen year one, and then we got into a catering kitchen year two. And we've been there, and we've been knocking down units, and we, we ended up with three units in the business park. Then two years ago, I started this project in Gainesville. We acquired a 16,000-square-foot white shell. There was nothing in it. Uh, I did the entire design. I managed the GC and pretty much the whole flow of how the process works. And it really comes down to just being organized and truly understanding food process and cold chain and cold chain logistics. Again, it just goes back to quality, 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 and making sure the food never goes above 40 degrees Fahrenheit when it's being prepared, cooked, chilled, packaged, and going through transit. Now, talk to us a little bit about how do you maintain exceptional quality and consistency in the culinary offerings as you're expanding to new locations? You know, you're in Richmond, D.C., Northern Virginia, all the way up to Baltimore, and rumors are that you're moving to Philly and New York. How do you keep that quality consistent? Yes, sir. We are uh, we're launching New York and Philly next month. The team's super excited. I'm really excited to see that. One of the big things we had to do was totally reinvent our whole entire packaging and how our meals get delivered. So all our meals will still be made fresh and delivered fresh, but now we are going to be using a new technology, which is mapping modified atmosphere packaging, which will give a natural shelf life extension of about seven to 10 days. And then we'll be shipping in reusable totes with sustainable gel packs that we actually make here in-house in Gainesville, Virginia. Super proud of that one because we're reducing our carbon footprint by about 93% doing that. Excellent. Love it when the carbon footprint is uh, shrinking as the company is growing. And a lot of co- and a lot of customers, they have brand preference for companies that have that shrinking uh, carbon footprint. Let's jump back to marketing a little bit. Can you highlight a, a standout marketing campaign or overall branding initiative that exemplifies the Mighty Meals journey? Yeah, there's two that come off right at the top of my head. And uh, it was right when COVID started. And I'm going to be honest, I'm sure like many entrepreneurs, they were nervous. They were scared. It was very uncharted waters of what do we do? We need to pivot and adapt quickly. I mean, literally in days, the world kind of just shut down. So 
my biggest one of just being in the food and beverage space is these restaurants are just getting crushed. Uh, I was very grateful that Mighty Meals was a essential business so we could operate. So we created a Mighty Movement and pretty much we had a few different sectors in the Mighty Movement, but it was me just on the ground. Pretty much create we created a landing page for any restaurant or small business that wanted to jump on. And if you bought a gift card to that business or restaurant, whatever it was, Mighty Meals would give you double points. So it was an initiative to help other restaurants. Another funnel we had in the Mighty Movement was feeding hospitals. So we would partner up with companies like Khaki and other government contractors in the area, and they would they would donate funds to you know Inova. NIH and all these hospitals in the area and Mighty Meals would, we would make all the food at a discount for, to, you know, to get more meals for the spend. And, and literally every weekend we'd go to a hospital. I believe we donated almost 50,000 meals during COVID. Another one during COVID, which COVID was such a dark time and depressing time for a lot of families, a lot of people. And I don't know if you remember Jason, but toilet paper was there was a huge shortage of toilet paper. I don't know if you remember that. Sure, <laughs> and, sure. I remember that yeah. horribly. Yeah, so <laughs> my big thing is like, let me bring some humor in these families' homes. So for a month straight, if you ordered Mighty Meals, we just gave you a roll of toilet paper with your order, and it went viral. It went crazy. Like everyone's just tagging Mighty Meals. Like, you know, my meal delivery not only hooking me up with food, but keeping me <laughs> keeping my essentials, toiletries, <laughs> And it was just it, it, the, the, the feedback we got from that. Another thing, too, during COVID is, you know, we need some fun. So we started wrapping all our vans, these crazy fun colors, hot pink, lime green, you know, uh, aqua blue, just 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 trying to bring joy and, and to a really dark time. I think that's really when I started to turn Mighty Meals from a food company into a marketing and branding company that just so happens to distribute good food. That's awesome. I love that. And, you know, I remember those days, it must've been tough for you to just keep up with the toilet paper. Um, it was, that, that's a, that's a serious commitment to your customers <laughs> when no one could get yeah. toilet paper back then. Um, yeah. It, let's jump a little bit. I want to talk a little bit about that food fatigue issue. Uh, for anyone who's ever ordered food consistently from a meal prep company, Sometimes even if there's a couple hundred meals, you just get tired of it. So consumer preferences and their trends as to this changes so constantly. How do you stay ahead and adapt to these changes to keep your food brand relevant in the ever-changing times of society? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And it's definitely a real issue. Um, the beautiful thing at Mighty Meals, we have a very strong culinary team, very passionate individuals and very diverse backgrounds. As you can see, if you go on the website, you have cuisines from all ethnicities around the world. And, you know, I, I am the CEO, but I do have a strong culinary background. I'm a chef by trade. So my main focus, aside running the company, is my true passion in the business is the food. So I do love writing menus. I love staying on new trends and just seeing what's out there. Another beautiful thing too at Mighty Meals is we have a a la carte menu that we're expanding. I think we have about 25 to 30 SKUs probably going to expand it to 40, 50 SKUs. And that's proteins, veggies, and starches by the pound. So you can kind of mix and match and create your own meals as you'd like. 
It's a great solution for people who are really trying to be focused in their diet. Now, what strategies does Mighty Meals employ to build customer loyalty? You know, there's so many options out there and they are spending thousands of dollars to get the attention. So getting that customer loyalty and ensure that high retention rate, which I know a lot of my uh, audience today, they all have customers and businesses that are all uh, screaming for that loyalty and that high retention rate. How do you pull this off in the meal delivery business, especially when you don't make people sign up for contracts or plans or subscriptions? Absolutely. That is the biggest differentiator from us. We are a non-subscription company. Some people love it. Some people, I mean, most people honestly do love it. But I think it goes back to a few things, Jason. It's creating a brand that pe- that that people want to be a part of. Two, it's creating a product that people want to keep eating. It, it's really that simple. It's just create a great product, a great service, and stand by the quality. And along that, you know, we have invested in the last 12 months, and we're going to keep investing in moving forward heavily in our technology experience. Uh, we came out with an app. A lot of personalization and customization on that is coming out in the next few months. So I'm really excited just to create a personalization tool that people can use for their health and wellness needs. Um, it's very early stages right now, but we're we're keep investing in the infrastructure and keep investing in widgets for this 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 app. And we're excited to to get it rolled out. So to everyone in my audience, the digital experience, the customer experience, those things in itself can create a sticky customer base. So don't think that you have to go uh, doing other non-user experience, customer experience initiatives to succeed here. Sometimes you're just looking, it's right in front of you. Let's jump a little bit, Steph, to as a successful entrepreneur with Mighty Meals, what advice would you give to many of the listeners on this call looking to enter into the food industry with high growth aspirations? It is a very challenging space and super competitive space. But if you can survive the grit of the first three to five years and really have a whatever it takes mentality, it's a very rewarding journey and it's, it's well worth the journey. Another thing to note is what I'm fascinated about with anyone in the food industry is that is a space that none of the customers could defer the purchase because food is life and you have to keep eating. You could delay your air conditioning. You could delay your uh, new clothes or car, but food is a must and uh, it is a very competitive space, but it's exciting to always be in an industry that's a a must have or an, an essential. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the future. Uh, what future innovations or trends do you see shaping in the food and culinary industry? And how do you plan to leverage them as you strive for massive 5x growth at Mighty Meals? I think the big thing, again, as you see with like, I go back to machine learning and AI. I mean, people love speed and convenience. So my big thing is just creating other other avenues of distribution for Mighty Meals. And that's why I really look to get in the B2G, B2B space, and also uh, even universities. Universities, there's a huge need in universities for just a quick grab-and-go meal. Sometimes the cafeteria is closed. So we're actually looking into vending options as well. Um, 
and I just, I, I'm really looking forward to just creating as many avenues for Mighty Meals to get meals out there to the consumer. When managing high growth, you're a, you're a high growth business. When you're managing that, you know, you have to be very careful. What are some of the key lessons you've learned in the journey of building and scaling Mighty Meals to a multi-regional business? I think the biggest thing is through any scale, it costs, it, it costs money to grow. Um, and it's definitely an investment that it's going to take time to see the return. So make sure you have your finances in check and understand your budget and stick to your budget best as possible. It's so easy to get fixated on the fantasy of growth and scale, but without having your finances in order and understanding your expenses on a day-to-day basis, money in, money out, and cash flow, there's no business to have. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, a lot of times people are very fixated on, as you said, on, wow, we can be in 20 markets. Let's just go for it. It'll all just work out. But good discipline, good financial discipline will always lead the uh, the way. You had an amazing wedding and honeymoon this year. Big congrats to you on that. But you also increased the capacity of your business 600%. From 2 million meals to now you can make 12 million meals per year. How do you balance work and life to such a success? I'm going to be honest. My wife probably tells me I don't balance it. But every day, um, I think I'm an ex- extremely authentic person. So it's something I, it's my biggest struggle today that I am currently working on. And every day I work on, um, you know, I go to work. And when I leave work, work doesn't necessarily turn off. So I'm trying every day, you know, to put the phone down at dinner and, you know, the people that need to call me for in case of an emergency, they can get to me, but I'm really just trying to have a better work-life balance. It's definitely probably my biggest struggle uh, in entrepreneurship is, is knowing when to put work down and to just turn my personal life on and be present in the moment. So if I told you I had it all figured out in that in that aspect, Jason, I'd be lying to you. Well, that was definitely a genuine, honest answer. And uh, I, too, as an entrepreneur, it is very difficult to turn them off. I've sort of put them into a blender and live both at the same time. But uh, it is an everyday struggle. But hopefully um, I wish, wish the best for you guys as you uh, build a great family together. And thank you for uh, joining us on this episode of Digital Doorways and hope to have you on as you uh, open the factory for the next 12 million. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jason. Appreciate you, sir. All right. Thank you.